What is shaking everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels helping strangers find the podcast and you can also find the podcast on Spotify now, which I'm stoked about. So hit follow on Spotify. If that is your preferred place of listening. And I also started doing a monthly playlist coming out on Spotify. So the first monthly, the December playlist is there now for your listening enjoyment. You know, a a lot of people talk about how they listen to a little bit of everything and I think that's hard to know what that means sometimes so I'm I'm uh I'm trying to uh represent that through uh through those playlists so it'll be uh it'll be pretty spread out genre wise so check that out and uh we got I Dig Records volume 10 is what is in store for this week's episode of the podcast stoked to be joined by my man, my cuzzo, Rob Bobby Grooves, Grandfelt, once again to uh, chop it up about some records. We got a doozy of an episode. We're talking about the uh, 1997 record from the band Spiritualized. Ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space, an iconic record to some. And uh, we dig heavy into that one. And then we're also talking about a 2020 release. From the Jimmy Chamberlain Complex called Honor, an EP that they put out, I believe, back in September. And uh, that's the drummer of the Smashing Pumpkins, his his fusion project. Some killer monster musicians playing on that record. So that's what's happening for Volume 10 of I Dig Records. And... uh, if you've got your your own opinions about these records that we're talking about in this I Dig Records series, across the board, any of the records that we've covered, please do chime in with your uh, your feedback or what these records might mean to you. If you want to DM some voice memos, I'm happy to chop them up and play them in the episode or in the intro of these I Dig Records series. Um, definitely trying to some build some some community through this podcast so please do reach out if you feel compelled to do so you can send me an email dancablepresents at gmail.com i'll put all the the links in the episode notes if you just want to dm on instagram if you want to hit myself or my cousin bobby grooves all the information is uh is there to do so and and we'd love to hear your feedback or records you want to hear covered on this series so hit us up 
on the interwebs. Let us know what's shaking. Um, also, Rob didn't realize that uh, his his mic was clipping out a bit throughout some of this conversation. It still sounds really good, but th- there are moments where it's clipping out a bit. And we also mentioned one of Rob's roommates, Antoine Martel, on the podcast. And uh, just want to encourage people to to go back to last week's episode and check out the episode that I did with him and his buddy Jordan who goes by the name Swing Set. It was a sous chef swing set episode and had a really good time chatting with them. And you can also go back and check out the the previous conversations that I, I usually have on a week-to-week basis with artists on this podcast. Also check out Inside Voices Records, which is Cuzzo's new record label. And he's got a couple releases that came out recently, a few singles that are out there and uh, check out his band high pulp they just put out a new record called mutual attractions volume one which is a a series that they're doing a bunch of covers of some amazing jazz artists and uh, that first one is out via king underground records shout out king underground and i'll put all the links for those things in the episode notes as well other than that we're gonna jump in to i dig records volume 10 coming at you happy hanukkah if you are celebrating it's night one um night two if you're listening on release day early on in the hanukkah celebration hope everybody is doing all right out there keeping your head above water and uh finding some positivity during this strange time and let's get in to volume 10 of I Dig Records with uh, one of my favorite dudes on the planet, my cousin, Rob Bobby Grooves Grantfeld. Let's do the damn thing. I just want everybody to know that I Dig Records. I Dig Records, bro. I Dig Records, bro. <laughs> All right, man, back at it, back at it. Back at it. It's been a while. It has been a while. I think we uh, always think that we're going to get together on this quicker than we actually do, and that's fine. We probably average four pushbacks. Maybe three. Maybe three. If, well, you, include the, if you include the day of pushbacks, probably four. Yeah. Uh, we have maintained more than one per month since starting, which is good. It's wild. I think I wanted it to be more like at two, but it yeah. doesn't matter. It's we're I'm still doing you, it. We're still to find hard to find time to listen to records somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's not that's not the case. I just like always find myself listening to something else. I'm like, oh, I, got, I know I got to listen to that, but mm, it, I got to listen to this. It becomes that thing of like, you know, that you have to listen to it. Right. So right. it almost becomes some sort of chore. I feel like even if it's a dope record. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to donate to Wikipedia right now. Oh, are you going to donate? I saw the I saw the uh yeah. I got the I got uh you know the the request for that earlier. I'm going to donate 10 bucks. I don't give a fuck. You're throwing 10 at Wikipedia. You feel yeah, like they have uh, supplied you with a lot of information. I man, I just a lot of the time I uh I just go to bed and I just go to Wikipedia and just hit random. You know what I mean? Um, 
I am so is, indebted what, to Wikipedia. What does that mean? You you hit random on Wikipedia. You can just what? go to like a random article. Okay. And I just like I'm just like this thing exists enough to, you know, have a Wikipedia article. So you're just trying to get some reading time and be, before you shut your eyes. I just want to get some knowledge. Yeah, you know, some, some random knowledge. Yeah, that. I mean, we I. I love Wikipedia. It's actually one of I think I maybe donated once before. I know that Twan donates every year. Well, good for and you I, guys. I respect that, man. Wikipedia is like Yeah, you ever play Wikiball? It's one of my favorite games. Nobody no. ever wants to play with me though. What is um, Wikiball? <laughs> you you pick a Man, we could end the episode with with a game of Wikiball. It'd be fun as shit. So you pick you pick a starting point and an end point and it has they don't have anything in common so it could be like you know epiphone guitar is where you start and then you need to end at like uh judas you know or like you have to end at like blood diamond or you know uh you know i don't know but how are you getting to one from one to the other and you can only click on links but you cannot click on any places. So, like, say we're trying to get to... So, right now, I'm on, ladies and gentlemen, we're floating in space. Say I'm trying to get to, like, Mary Magdalene. I'm going to click on spiritualized. Okay. Name, and then I'm going to click on, like, so, I don't know, whatever else. And you can't go cool. back either. So, you're so predetermining you can, two things. Start point and end point. Yep. I got you. And then you you are only using links to to make it there no locations though no locations that makes it too easy i'm assuming yeah because then you can just like you can just zoom out and be like you know go to rome you know go to italy go to rome and then you go to the bible you know or you know you can get to anywhere through Ah. that you know okay all right yeah we should try ending with a game of wiki ball and we can announce where we are that's fun because usually usually when you play you play in silence and then somebody gets there, and then you read back how they got there. But we can just do it. We can just do it live. I'm, you know? I'm with it. I'm with it. And you know, you know what the great part of the Dan Cable Presents podcast network is, cousin? There's no, there's no rules. There's no fucking rules, dude. We do whatever no we want. We do whatever <laughs> yeah. we want. Yeah. No. There's, there's no. We are, we are the authority here. We are. You're an honorary authority. That's beautiful. How's your uh, RE20? Dan Cable is sitting there with the new microphone. I don't think we've used this yet. Uh, I've used it at least once on our on the new on the cast, really. Yeah, at least once, maybe twice, but um, at least once. Love the microphone. This microphone's amazing. And you got a ground? You got a lift? I have the cloud, cloud lifter. Lift. Yeah. And I highly recommend if you have a, a microphone such as this or like an SM7B that you get one of these cloud lifters because it's a it's quite it's a, a game changer. I'm pretty much microphone. using. I'm using at probably a quarter less of the gain, if not half. Really? That I would normally need for this. What's thing. your What's your gain? What's it? What 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 o'clock is it at? Oh, what o'clock? I'm at about ten o'clock right now. Wow, that's yeah. great. And I've done it without, and I'm probably more around the three o'clock. Wow. So yeah. making making moves there. Um, love the love the the re twenty. It's a I think classic. It looks great it's a too. classic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like how it I like how it looks just like a a brick, you know, a a, a cylindrical brick. 
Because, you know, everybody's all into the SM7B and it's, it's a cool mic, but I, I prefer the RE20 for a lot of stuff. I put the RE20 on the back of a kick drum next to yeah. the beater or on the floor tom. Sounds fucking great. It also sounds great on a guitar. And it's just like the classic broadcast mic, which is yeah. super sick. And yeah, I'm I'm really stoked about having it because I was very set for a long time on getting a, a 7B. SM7B, yeah. And yeah, I'm glad I didn't because I think this one is uh, just a little bit more serving to uh, the the podcast game or like some radio stuff as far as how it picks things up and it doesn't get quite as bassy maybe as the 7B does when you get on top of it. Mm-hmm, just kind of mm-hmm. maintains that that same sound no matter where you're at on it, which is really dope. And I'm over here using like some Radio Shack mic because I have all my other mics up right now and whenever i use a nice mic on this podcast it always starts to crackle so fuck it yeah but the only downside is that i guess it's an upside but i would love for everybody to hear the background of my house where tuan is teaching his student how to play paranoid android and i don't think that this shitty radio 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 shack mic is uh picking it up no, the flip side is that it's nice that it's not bleeding into your mic because if you had yeah. that RE20, you would definitely be yeah. hearing it. Or and, the AT2035. Uh, um, it's, it's interesting that he's playing, he's teaching somebody to play Paranoid Android because OK Computer came out the same year as the Spiritualized record that we're going to talk about. Segway. Is segway. maybe yeah, hey, just a little thing called a let segue. Me, let me get my air horn out. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and pull it out, please. The air horn. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna get it on deck. Um, okay, go ahead. No, I just uh, there it is. Segway. Segway. Um, spiritualize. You want to talk about that first? Yeah, I'd love to get into the spiritualized record. Why do you say it like that? I don't know. I just feel like I... You may as well, from the text message I got from you a few days back. (laughs) Yeah, what the hell do you think about it? And it said, man, I got some fucking opinions about this record, I believe. Did I say that? The text message you sent me. (laughs) Did I say fucking opinions? I feel like maybe... I I don't know. I I feel like the tone of it was like (laughs) fucking opinions. And I was like, whoa, that's deep, bro. You know me too well. That's deep. Um, But anyway, yeah, 1997, spiritualized. What were you doing in 1997? We are now floating... You were 12, huh? Um, 12, yeah. Big 12, so sixth grade or so. Heading into junior high, maybe, depending on when this record dropped. No yep. idea who the fuck Spiritualized was when I was 12 <laughs> years old. Nor did I know about this Radiohead record either. Like, right. I, didn't, I wasn't. You were like, listening to Blink-182. Maybe, but, like, it's not that I, I don't know. It's not that I wasn't listening to anything, like, Phil Collins. super far out. Like, I'm probably, like, listening to operation ivy right now i'm listening to metallica i'm listening mm-hmm. to phil collins i'm listening to green day and shit you know i'm yep. listening to some of the like some of the dre and snoop rap for sure absolutely from, you know that cali rap um, absolutely was was very very much in rotation and always on the radio because we just had like really dope rap and hip-hop stations for early 90s and in, in california and southern california um 
But yeah, no, I, I don't know. Playing hockey, not listening to spiritualized. Playing Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, dude. playing playing PlayStation. PlayStation uh, One. Are we, are we at PlayStation One yet, or are we still? Oh yeah, I think you're right. at PlayStation One. Twelve, ninety-seven. Yeah, right. yeah, that sounds good. Ninety-five, maybe. No, yeah. I remember. Well, maybe I think N64. I think ninety-seven came out sounds in, uh, about right. I think N64 came out in. Ooh, wow, ninety-four for PlayStation. Wow, so we're almost to. Um, I guess PlayStation Two was even maybe like. 90 like 2000 i guess we could have a whole we could have a whole video game podcast man that'd be pretty fun could we uh 2000 yeah we could just talk about like you know video games from the late 90s and early 2000s uh what would you guess the best-selling game on playstation one was playstation one mm-hmm. best-selling game metal gear solid gran turismo oh yeah that's 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 not surprising to me i definitely no. had that um, the original one or like the second one? Uh, the original, I think. Okay, I think the second yeah, one maybe even original. came out on on maybe PlayStation Two. Um, that's not that surprising, but dude, I remember Metal Gear Solid blowing my mind. Uh, I never played that. I don't know what the replay value is on a, on a PlayStation game. I usually have a hard time going backwards mm-hmm. unless it's I don't know. It's just. I don't know. It's not something I usually enjoy too much, unless mm-hmm. we're just talking about some fucking playing some Mario Brothers or whatever. But yeah, um, or that some was Smash. a great game. That was a great N64 fucking game. Smash. Yeah, N sixty four. I was see you were a PlayStation kid and I was a Nintendo kid. Also a Sega a, kid. Yeah, you you had a Dreamcast. No, I didn't have a Dreamcast, but I had a Sega, not a Super Nintendo. A Genesis. Yeah, Sega Genesis. Yeah, that's badass. And I had the yeah. fucking Game Shark for it. Yeah, that's fucking tight. I feel like that was actually the better console. Dude, Sonic was sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's like some people were uh, Nickelodeon kids and some people were like Cartoon Network. And then I guess you had some Disney Channel kids as you got older. Because you didn't really have Disney Channel growing up, did you? Yeah, I did, for sure. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. it was just a little bit different. Yeah. Dude, it's so funny hearing Tuan teaching some kid how to play Californication right yeah, now, now in the background. The uh, for yeah. the listeners out there, Rob lives with uh, another incredible musician, Antoine Martel, who's been on the on the podcast numerous times and also part of his uh, his high pulp gang and Sun King gang. And he's uh, he's teaching a uh, you know a probably young, like a twelve year old a chap right now, a young chap um, mm-hmm. how to how to play some guitar right now and. Uh, He's actually teaching one of his students the uh, old school, just platformer Super Mario Bros. Yeah, he's teaching him that. That's dope. N64 came out in 96, and the best selling game for it? Golden. What you guess? No, Super Mario 64. Great game. That was a cool game. It was so much fun. That has a bunch of replay value. Sierra got the. They they just did a package of all three the Super Mario sixty four Super Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy yeah. or Odyssey Galaxy Galaxy and um, they put it out on Switch so we're just like playing through it again it still has it's awesome it's great hell yeah um, I think that first Mario Brothers that came out for the Switch was also really dope it was like a hybrid of the 
of the one oh, and yeah, three. Dude. Oh yeah, no, we played through that. That with, was a uh, fucking killer game because you could play co-op all sick. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you could be the hat. Oh, so good. When did you play that? I didn't know you knew anybody with a switch. I had it. Um, somebody I knew had a switch. Maybe maybe an ex girlfriend <laughs> had a switch. I think. I think that was what what it was, but yeah. that was a, that was a really dope game. I, I went deep on that. That was like one of those things that I finished in like consecutive nights. Yeah, Just had to keep playing that Mario Brothers. <laughs> totally. No, it's it's so much fun. Um, last question, then we can get back to the music. But uh, when uh, what would you guess the PS2 best selling game was? I think oh, you can. This man. is a distinct transition. PlayStation 2. Best-selling game? Yeah. Fuck. I want to say it's like God of War, but it's probably, uh, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto. Yep. For sure. Grand Theft Auto. Nice nice catch. Yeah. The first one or Vice City? San, San Andreas. San Andreas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it had to be, had to be Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah, that that game. That was a game changer for sure. Like no yeah. pun intended. Um, that sort of like open world that they introduced. Yeah, was was that's pretty what nice I, that's what everything is is still like sort of based off of. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, that's how you get like, like Red what, Dead. That's what Red Dead is yeah, for sure. Um, and say everything's based off it. And then I cite one game, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, what's that new game? Like the ghosts of, uh, oh, uh, Tsukushima or something. Yeah, even think. that's yeah. like a big open world game like that. I believe. Yeah. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. I'm excited for that. Um, I've actually never played Assassin's Creed, but I think it might be sort of like that. Uh, I believe that it's, it's, it's open, open world, but it's, uh, I will be trying to acquire a uh, PlayStation Five, though. I'm just not. I'm not gonna go hunting. I'm just gonna wait until no. they're available. But I will. I will get one. I wish that. Yeah, I wish that we could play cross-platform because I play on on my computer. Yeah, you're a fancy guy. Well, I just like to be able to game, game anywhere. Wow. I got Age of Empires uh, on my computer. Twenty Dude, bucks. I, I used to play Age of Empires. That was one of the first computer games I ever got. And Age one of the two. That's only the strategy games that I really like got into pretty heavy. So, me too. And it's Great so much game. fun. So much fun. Super yeah. fun game. Get all your villagers, man. Run some of them out there getting the, the, the wood <laughs> and the sun doing the stone. Yeah. Build yep. your barracks. Eventually you can get the, the church and uh, then you can start converting. I love that when you start converting the other people, like the, the, the fucking enemies to fight for you that's always been a favorite part of mine and then also all all the cheats i've been playing without any cheats this shit takes a long time though it's like a, literally like four hours to play a game so funny though if you throw the cheats on and all of a sudden you have like stormtroopers yeah. <laughs> <through. laughs> yeah i always loved uh the big daddy cheat where you got like the corvette with like rockets like <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know why that was like fun. so funny dude i don't know why that was fun though to just like type in like a cheat that gets you just something that you just go like decimate like you're not even yeah. playing the game you know all you're doing is just like destroying the thing and you're just like all right well yeah it's power man power yeah shit's cool. for that power 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. So, okay. This is the record that you picked. This is the record I picked. And God damn it, I wouldn't have picked it had I not, had I realized it was 70 minutes long. Oh, it's a fucking, it's uh, maybe the longest record that we've done on this podcast so far. So Andy, Andy from High Pulp and I have a very shared love of um, like guitar rock from the 90s right like guided by voices obviously okay um pavement you know um what about uh, like brian jonestown massacre and stuff like that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right and uh jesus mary chain yeah um all that stuff like uh that eventually for me sort of leads into my love of like modest mouse and built to spill to a lesser extent but i still right. have a soft spot especially for um why am I forgetting to carry the zero? The one with that that record. Um, okay. Jesus. Keep it, keep it like um, a secret. Keep it like a secret. Yeah. Yep. Um. But uh, yeah, and so and and you know Andy loves um like T Rex. Um, I like T Rex, that, which is cool. Um, yeah. I don't know, like an insane amount, but I do have that one record, like yep. the T Rex record, which is so fucking cool big star i like big um, star as well totally just big big guitar rock you know what i mean yeah um and so andy was like we were talking about somehow this record came up it was me and tuan and vic and andy and um and somehow this record came up and somehow the, the spaceman three record oh elliot was here too that was when elliot was here and we were recording the teleporter record and um elliot who i also love his music taste and andy who definitely knows my music taste with regards to a lot of this stuff was like man you would really love this record and i think that that created too high of an expectation for me <laughs> and this record is just like enshrined it's just like lauded as this like you know perfect holy, 10 record holy dude. grail yeah like perfect 10 on pitchfork yeah and um i thought it was fine <laughs> i thought i thought i thought dude, we're gonna I get thought, fucking destroyed there people dude, are gonna hate I us for this i don't care man and I don't neither care. do i yeah like i don't care i think it was fine i'd give it like a seven i i because mm. this is the thing I wasn't there in 1997. I'm here in 2020, right. understanding this completely different. One thing I wasn't ready for, this is like, this is a rock and roll record. You know what I mean? Like, these guys fucking love rock and roll. Yeah, and, they do love rock and roll, man. And I, I realized <laughs> when I was listening to this, I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't love rock and roll. Like, that's what I was like. I was like sitting there thinking. I was like. Cause this has like, there's like moments where this is sort of like the stones. It's got some like sixties sort of, and I Yo. like the stones, but like th th to me, it just felt like this is like <laughs> some rock and roll shit. And then, it, and, and that's cool. But like, it also just felt like definitely like some like sort of like not snobby art rock, but like there was just like this art rock stuff where I was like, it felt so self-aware that it didn't feel, it felt like contrived or derivative. Like the mm. cop, cop shoot cop. Is that the last tune? Um, yeah. With like the like complete destruction. And then like, you know, four minutes of like a trumpet while the drums just go. Some noise like, rock. 
but it but it just felt it didn't feel to me and of course this is why music is this is so completely subjective but like it did not feel to me like there was any soul in it Ooh. you know what i mean i yeah dude i do know what you mean i i have similar things in my notes that this and record, I will talk about some of the records that I, or the, the tunes I liked. I, I will, will talk about I that will too. I but don't hate this whole. That's th- my yeah. I think it was a fine record, but I'm just coming at it from everybody telling me this is going to change my life, and I was like, all right, yeah. cool. Probably not going to like. Put, I'm not going to. I don't. I don't need this record. You know. So yeah. So I'm glad that I didn't like read too much into it before listening to it. Um, because I don't know if it would have skewed my opinion in any way, but. Yeah, the way that people love this record and talk about this record as being like, there's a lot of great albums that came out in 1997 um, Mm. and mentioned OK Computer earlier. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I think that is like a pretty incredible album and probably something that's definitely on the list of records that expanded my mind as far as music and like what it could be for sure. I first and heard that record at Aunt Mary's house because cousin Jeff had that on CD. Fucking Jeff Wood, dude. Jeff, yeah. you know, he knew what was happening. And, Homogenic uh, by Bjork came out that that year. Uh, yeah, there's a Wu Tang Forever Wu-Tang. came out. Um, there's a Badu record that came out that year. Be here now by Oasis. Um, so color and shape by the Foo Fighters. I can hear the heart beating as one. I did hear a handful of moments where this record reminded me of Yola Tango, but made me want to listen to Yola Tango instead. So there's a lot of moments on this record that made me, uh, like reminded me of Brian Jonestown. And I just wanted to listen to Brian Jonestown, you know, like <laughs> for the moments that that does yeah. exist. I mean, like, I think the opening track is pretty cool. Um, to an extent but like i think just overall i think a lot of these songs are just like go on too long for me right where it's not that interesting for it to keep going and i understand like the very like you know the psychedelic stoner rock which is like hitting these parts over and over I think you can definitely hear like the Beatles influences and they're an English band. So that like just comes in heavy. I feel like they're trying to make one of these iconic conceptual albums like a Sgt. Pepper's or even like a Dark Side of the Moon with certain certain parts of it. is is missed for me because like i think there's some good music performances i think the band is great i just don't like a lot of the choices made in the production Mm. i feel like often 
Like sometimes it feels like they were like, yo, let's try everything. And I like mm. that. But then yeah. there was like no one to say like, yeah, but no. let's not keep it all. <laughs> yeah, I hear it was like kind of my yeah. feeling on like a lot of the stuff. And, um, but yeah, like that opening track, the title track, like kind of lets you know, it's going to be some theatrical production for sure. Yeah. You know, it gets, and then it's like, it like, I, it's so anthemic, you know what I mean? The right. repetition of all this shit. Like it feels like, and I respect them, you know what I mean? Make every song a hit, you know? But, uh, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's like, I also get like, okay, so like come together for instance. This could be an Oasis song. You know what I mean? Which I don't have a problem with even Oasis. I'm not one of these Oasis haters that feels like they just like ripped off the Beatles with most of the stuff they did. I think like they have some I'm jams. not a I'm not a I'm not a huge Oasis hater either. I mean uh, um they got some they got some jams, I agree. Like but I, but I don't mean that as a good thing in this case. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah, like yeah. it just it just it, feels like they're like trying to be like this thing you know like and i know that this is simultaneous with oasis right and for some reason and i guess that's something that like sort of confuses me is like why is spiritualized cool for this song and why is oasis Oasis shitty i was thinking about this while (laughs) listening to this i was like this feels like the like the like I, like the imaginary rules of like hipsterdom you know what i mean For that it's real, like, dude, you're, like you're supposed to say oasis is fucking stupid and i understand that like you know maybe we're not talking about songs like uh, wonderwall yeah right right there's no wonderwall on this record right you know? but like this this does feel just like a sort of oasis song you know what i mean I, but but yeah, there's some there's some shit I like like even on this come together track or like the 330 mark I feel like a cool like solo like guitar kicks in and there's a lot of cool there's a lot of cool I mean. tones on on shit like there's some moments that that I dig you know it's not like I completely hate every track or anything like that no me I just neither. don't feel like it like yeah I also don't get anything special out of it like it doesn't feel yeah like i don't know it doesn't resonate super super heavy i think i'm in love cool tune cool little vibe this is what i mean though when i say like i think that this band loves like this is a rock and roll band Like, 
when you have the come together. <laughs> plus, plus, yeah, like I'm just you know in there three minutes in the. I think I'm in love, and it's cool. Uh, like, again, like God, all all I'm gonna say are negative things, but I'm also gonna have to keep qualifying them by saying this is only because everybody hyped this record up like it was going right. to change my fucking life. You know, if somebody yeah. just like handed me this and was like, "Oh, put this on in a fucking car ride," you know, like, and I don't know who the fuck it is, like, you know, maybe I enjoy it more. But um, I I feel like I do feel like um. In the same way that, like, Fleet Foxes are um, at fault. Not not at fault for their own fault. Like, I love Fleet Foxes. But after Fleet Foxes came a million bands that sounded like Fleet Foxes and weren't doing it that well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Spiritualized, to no fault of their own, has influenced 65 to 85% of the bands I've heard in Seattle and Portland over the last <laughs> 10 fucking years. Because every single fucking, I, I just, I was like, every band I see, okay, that's that's hyperbole, but like so many bands that I see are yeah, just like, not, I'm just that's like. That's not unfair to say. <laughs> I, I do, th- but specifically in Seattle and Portland, I'm just like, okay, cool. So like, oh, cool. You're like uh, into art rock and you've done like acid. So you have a couple, like, yeah, you're like, spiritualized and like you're starting this like space rock neo psychedelia album or band right right, right. cool you know like you know and you only play house shows like and i love that i love house shows i love diy but i i just it was almost funny when i was listening to it i was just sort of like man this feels like every third band i hear in a basement you know yeah man like yeah this is actually one of the tracks i like more than a lot of the other me ones. too me but too like around the four minute mark of the song which is when the song actually starts though like yeah. i feel like too to a certain mm-hmm, degree mm-hmm. um there's all these horns here yeah and like dude i'm the biggest horn guy i'm a horn guy you're a horny guy i love horns dude yeah. they're a game changer devil to horns. a live show um, and they, they provide some feel that is just like undeniable but i don't think horns. they're i don't think they're for everything i agree and i, and think I don't like it on this record a lot of the time and i feel like it's too many layers and yeah. there's so many moments in this record where I, i'm just like yo i really would love to hear this jam that's breaking out right now if the horns weren't in in there yeah yeah Probably knowing that I've talked for at least 10 hours on this podcast because we're on episode 10. At some point in those 10 hours, I've probably brought up my uh, lack of uh, enjoyment of of trumpets and indie rock music. And right, I think right, right. that that's what this is also tapping into. Mm. I'm just like... Okay, you know, but, and and again, you know, this came this came first. It wasn't yeah. it's not that I can't blame the trend of that, but like it is I I hear you. It just feels like It's a lot, dude. Mm-hmm. Like the French horn is on this record. Mhm. And an accordion. 
And Dr. Like, John is on this record. Yeah, that's Dr. Crazy. John. That's and that's the the song is uh, cop shoot we, cop cop shoot cop. And that right. one that one has a feel on the keys because it's fucking Dr. John. Right, and he's throwing it down. And I actually really like a lot of parts of that song. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I'm not like the biggest fan of like what you were talking about, where it all just kind of like falls apart and whatnot. Right. Um. But Dr. John, yeah, is definitely killing on that track. But I don't know, man. There's just, like I said, there's some moments where I would really just like to hear the band jamming without the horns because I feel like there's some cool shit going on. And um, also on, uh, on I Think I'm In Love at the end of the song, we get in, mm-hmm. there's, there's like this, uh, this choir that kicks in. And it's not the first time that the choir makes an appearance, like the only time rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a gospel choir on the record a couple times. And they're great singers. It's a great choir. It's a great choir. But I'd just rather hear the band do some gang vocals. And I feel like that's where, again, where there's no feel. I have no idea who this band is. Right. Like I, the the band to me is this one dude. Like this is just the like I only know this the guy singing, and that's not to like criticize any of the players. I just don't know who's in this band because there's so many, there's mm-hmm. so much shit going on. Um, Man, everybody's gonna hate us, and that's it's fine. That's fine, so, dude. Like I don't so need to welcomed. If if we get hate on because we don't like one of these records that's like in the, oh, this like this the cool tr- list. This of, drummer was uh, in Echo and the Bunnymen. I didn't know that. So I love the rhythm section of this band. Mm-hmm. I think the bass player is fucking ripping a lot of the time, mm-hmm. which is really dope. Um, but like this, all my thoughts Whoa. song, man. This this fucking drummer is partners with. I don't know if they're married or not, but. Uh, his partner is the lead singer of the Cockatoo Twins. Oh, crazy! <laughs> yeah, small world. So um, like, but like this "All My Thoughts" song that um, is the next track after the "I'm in Love" track. Yeah, that's a cool little jam, dude. That's it is, but like the harmonica returns in this song. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're rocking. They they love rock and roll, though. You know, yeah. like, that's what I'm saying. Like. <laughs>
Like, I don't think I hate these songs. Mm-hmm. But I you think do. I just don't think I, I enjoy like a lot of the production on it, like how it's interpreted. Yeah, I don't know if it's production because I, I loved plenty of records that have production like this. I just felt to me like it was just more of like the way that it was like arranged. I guess I, know, I like, mean that more of like the producer and, role as far as like someone oh, like yeah, helping yeah, yeah. with the arrangements. Like I thought you meant like the I way that the, the kick drum sounds. sounds or I think the record yeah. sounds great. I just think it's st- I think it's too much sometimes. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I okay, so electricity also sounds like it could be an Oasis song. I I this is my least favorite song on the record. Me too. It feels the, the so lyrics are derivative. the lyrics are awful, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. Like yeah, I dude. think that they are just like bad. This is one of the tracks that I do love the bass playing. Like, yeah, this is he's digging the fuck in. His name is Sean Cook. He plays bass. Also, I guess there was some weird drama going on uh, at this time, like right before this record was made or during the making. The lead singer and the keyboard player were like oh, yeah. together or married. I, th- I think just together. And yeah. she like snuck Terrible away idea. and Never secretly she snuck away and secretly got married. I guess yeah. <laughs> while they were together. Were you? So, you were. Weren't you in a band with with a girlfriend at some point? Uh, no, not I. Okay. Smart, I, sir. Never do it. Never do it, people. Yeah. Never um, do it unless you're like actually like married and like settled and shit. Like I don't know, living that. I don't know. Don't do it. What do you? Uh, what do you want to play? I don't know. Um. <laughs> Fuck. Play a track. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me. Let me. I. There was a couple songs I liked. Um. Trying to listen over Twan's fucking paranoid Android. Um. We can play Broken Heart because it's my least my le- my least favorite song. Broken um, Heart. No, please, to- please don't. I don't know. Um. God, that was just that was just dickish for the sake of being dickish. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back from the, yeah, the song break. We can turn this into therapy. Um, I think I think I liked No God Only Religion. Uh, cool. Or did I like Cool Waves? No, I hate Cool Waves. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> like Cool Waves either. Man. Oh yeah. man, do you want, just do you want to play like- No God? Yeah, I don't. I don't care, man. You pick. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, yeah. Again, like this is this is all this animosity is more directed at all these people that are telling me that this is the best band ever, and that I'm projecting are going to be upset when they hear that I disagree. That we don't like and this I record. just don't. I don't get it, man. And if anybody, I don't either. And it's fine. And my, my thing to my thing to all of the f- people that I'm describing is please go listen to an Oasis record and tell me why you can't like Oasis. And if 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 it's because it's not cool to like Oasis, then you need to check everything. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> and if you don't like Oasis because they are different bands with different sounds, yes, I agree, then that's okay. But I just feel like, man, man, damn. All right, we're gonna we're gonna play no God, only religion.
dude, you know how you brought up when we were doing the Phoebe Bridgers record that there was that that track or that moment that you felt like you were like listening to a Disney soundtrack yeah. or something? Yeah. That's the vibe I get from Broken Heart. Yeah. No. I feel I mean, like I'm I'm in a Disney movie. Yeah. I'm in a I'm in a musical. <laughs> it's very theatrical in a bad way. Yeah. And yep. it's so dramatic, man. Yeah. No, and the I last mean, the two thing. minutes of the song is yeah. instrumental. Yeah. No, I mean it is um it was really uh that was it reminded me of that of that um the Mary song or whatever from the Todd Terry record. Uh, oh was yeah, I, you know? <laughs> I also was thinking about that, dude. I saw, I was like, oh, this has that long, drawn out. Yeah, I was like, don't do feel. this, don't do this, because to me it feels like, and I don't, I'm not there, but to me it feels like the people are like, you know what, you know what, I need to get my British accent. Harry, Harry, Harry Potter. Okay. You know what? We should write a ballad about a broken heart. We should write a ballad about a broken heart. And and they're like, well, you know what? That's a bloody good idea. And then they're like, okay, here, C major. And then they're like, okay, what the fuck? You know what I mean? some there's some overlap with like there's some replacements songs that get like a little corny but like nowhere near this you Dude, know i love again though like the orchestral shit mm-hmm. sounds beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> i just don't want to i just i don't know it just doesn't all feel great together to me yeah like it's in, it is interesting to me as somebody that didn't fuck with this record when it came out or like have like much placement for the time that it came out I guess um that it's so adored and the only other time I've heard this record before you suggested it for the podcast is I I listened to this record as in background like it was just on my buddy Andrew bought it we went on a record store trip. He picked it up. And while we were listening to it, just kind of sitting around, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, what is this? And and he, you know, told me it was this record. And then never really listened to it again after that. So I was excited when you told me we were going to do this. Because I was like, oh, cool. I've heard this record kind of just playing in the background. And I think as that record, the thing that's playing in the background, it's a fine listen. Like, it's a cool listen. Like, but, but to like throw in my headphones, dude, if I had a record store, I would play this at the record store. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, like why not? But, but I don't know. Uh, to like sit down and like listen into some headphones and like really kind of like dig into it, it, it wasn't. It didn't really like do a whole lot for me, and I don't think it's bad, but it's not like anything great to me. Amazing. It's not amazing. There's obviously talented people involved. There's a handful of other records that like scratch this itch for me, you know, yeah. more, you know, and obviously like I think that the thing that this is doing that like something like um, Yola Tango you know, I can hear the heart beating as one doesn't do is it has that element of like art rock to it. Like the art thing, like in the same way that like Sonic youth, you know, like that was sort of what like separated them maybe like with daydream nation from bands, you know, of, of, of the, the, a similar time, like, is that they had this like sort of art, element for whatever like you know that's such like a whimsy like thing to even like pin down but like um yeah like but the 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 ways in which this is like art rock quote-unquote like doesn't do anything for me like it makes it feel like disjointed and like like overbearing you know what i mean like you're saying like the fucking choir and the the trumpet and the horns and just these huge arrangements and just like yeah it i don't feels, know i don't know it just feels like it's trying really hard and it doesn't do it for me it feels missing the soul pretentious to me to its truest definition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it just feels a little pretentious and yeah I think that the, any raw energy to me mm-hmm. is sucked out of this record. Like, it doesn't exist. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. There's no soul. Yeah. I do enjoy the individual song. And that's an instrumental one. Yeah. That's, like, one of the ones where I enjoy the jam that happens. Right, like right. The horns, and it's mostly because the horns are playing a lot by themselves, and then there's just like some noise guitar going on in the background. I'm just not that impressed with the lyrics overall. Like my favorite on a cop shoot cop, which is the last track also like a what? 14 minute track. I think it's like 17, 17 minutes. And I love this groove in the beginning of this song. This groove is killing dude. You got Dr. John. The feel is tight. Again, like huge, huge Brian Jonestown massacre vibes right here with this. Yep. And around the 315 mark, like it hits like some pretty cool spots. Yeah. Shit gets really big. It gets jammy in a good way. It's like very fat. Yeah. When he comes out of that though, he's got like one of my favorite lines on the record, which is, um, Hey man, there's a hole in my head where information goes. Yeah. I like that one mm-hmm. a lot. 
but mm-hmm. I don't know. Aside from that, like I didn't I didn't pull much from the lyrics. There well, weren't. I think for what I was reading, that's what people are saying is sort of like I don't know. One of his things is that he's sort of like intentionally sort of um obscure or like opaque you know what i mean and i i I can get down with that but like so can i but when it's electricity (laughs) i can't you know i'm just like like why 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 are we like heralding that i don't know you know again yeah it just wasn't didn't live up to the hype for my for me either and yeah, we're we're maybe gonna get trashed for not liking this incredibly hip and cool record, and I really Please. just don't give a fuck. DM DM us. DM Dan Cable presents. DM Bobby Grooves in a are group. You, Please. Are you are you proud of my opinions here today? I I agree with you. <laughs> I'm always proud of your opinions because they're yours. But uh, yeah, man, I, I I just think that um again again, I think that this is a fine record. I think it's also fine, and if yeah. if somebody puts it on, I'm down for to listen to it on the road trip, because mm-hmm. it's definitely something you want to listen to front to back. Mm-hmm. I don't know that like about listening to these songs individually so much. Um, no, definitely not really anything I'd like choose to throw on a playlist here. So, um, what do you think? Maybe we just play it out with maybe like the beginning of. Uh, Cop shoe cop, 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 maybe the yeah. first like five minutes of it or so. Yeah, yeah, this song, this song's cool. Because I do dig, I do dig this song. And again, there's a lot of moments on this record that I that I enjoy. There's just yeah. not a lot of complete tracks for me. That exactly front just, to back, I'm like, I'm fucking stoked on this one. There's just there's a lot nothing, of. There's nothing that I was like, I'm gonna go back and listen to that. Also, like, would like to sit here to say on the record that I I hate like I want to love every record. Yeah. Like I don't want to trash a record. And I know this isn't doing anything to the careers of spiritualized. I'm not trying to like <laughs> but I'm like I just I don't want this to be like perceived as like trying to have an opinion to have an like some clickbaity no. opinion no. about this no, record. No, no, no. I just like don't yeah, it's I don't fuck with it. It's not. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't connect with it. It. It, uh, I just. I'm. I'm missing. And maybe that's because I came to other things first that that did that this thing. Absolutely. If if I came to this before I came to, you know, whatever. um, Okay, computer. Even. Yeah. Before I came to Okay Computer, totally. Then maybe I'd be like, oh my god, Spiritualized is better than Radiohead. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel like that, you know. And that's just from like a yeah. It would have been very impressive to me, maybe from like a conceptual standpoint at a certain time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I agree with you that there there are some other things that that do this for me in a bigger way. Yeah. So. Cop shoot so cop. that's it that's it that's the that's the spiritualized takes and um you can send us an email you know dancablepresents at gmail.com if you want to voice your concerns or just like dm us on instagram come come heavy with it Please. i love i love for people to leave like voice messages yeah just voice memos of like why they love these records or, so or if you agree them. with us and, and you're like, wow, everybody's always talking about how much they love the spiritualized record. Thank you for finally having an opinion. Yeah, you hey, don't have to feel then, alone. Yeah. You don't have to feel alone out here and just like some hip shit because it's hip. Yeah. Anyway. But it's fine. It's not bad. It's not a bad record. No, it's not a bad record. Yeah. It's not a bad record. 
It's just not a 10 to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just exactly. Pitchfork, uh, Pitchfork gave the reissue a 10. Yep. A 10. Anyway, that's it. This is a spiritualized record.
Hi, man. You ready to jump back in it? Jimmy Chamberlain. Jimmy Chamberlain complex record. What did you think? Where'd Drummer of the Pumpkins. This? Yeah, where'd you hear about this record? So, I had the guitar player for this band on my podcast a few weeks ago. His name is Sean Wollston Hume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know you had him on. That's cool. He's played, I think he's played at the Royal Room once or twice when I was working there. You think Sean did? I think Sean played at the Royal Room. I don't know if he would have played solo. Um, no, he was in somebody's band. Naomi Siegel, do you know her? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so he he's... Does he live in Montana? No, he lives in Seattle. Oh. Yeah. So he just... Because Naomi lives in She lives Montana, in Seattle, unless she moved. She moved. Last I thought. I know she's from here. Because he said that that was the only one of the only people he's connected with since he's moved up there. Well, whatever. Who knows? Naomi, where are you at? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so... So Sean used to play in a lot of like early 2000s um, alternative rock bands. Yeah, he played in the the band that did that one song. What was that band? Wherever You'll Go. If I could... Then I would. Oh yeah, he played in the he. So that was the calling. Go. Yeah. So dude. like that was his first. He he just got that auditioning. Like he was a, he went to like a music school in L.A., and got his jazz chops. And then it was like during that era where you would just like you would go into these cattle call type auditions, and that was his first job. Like uh, the calling, and then his brother played in Lifehouse, so then he played in Lifehouse for a bit but then he played in this band we really dug called abandoned pools in la and we just used to go to a lot like my buddy ryan and i used to go see him play a lot cool did you know him back then oh we used to we would just go say what's up like he was always really nice we didn't know each other and then i reached out all these years later and was just like yo i saw you were doing some new music i'd love to like chat with you Cool. So we we chatted for a couple hours and it was really cool just like talking to him about all that stuff. But around that time, like mid 2000s, the first Jimmy Chamberlain Complex record comes out. So we actually went and saw the the show for like that record. Cool. Almost all in, the in uh, LA. Yeah, most of the most of the dudes that played on this record are on that lineup. Like Billy Moeller, the bass player is is a mainstay of this thing. And Ben Wendell, dude. Ben Wendell's nasty. Yo, yeah. So the horns are killer on this record, dude. Yeah, Ben Wendell's a he's a heavy jazz guy. And then um, Adam Benjamin is back on this record. He was on the first one as well and was playing at that show. But so I found out about this because of that, and it was we were just like, okay, cool. It's the Smashing Pumpkins drummer. We're both big Smashing Pumpkins fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Sean playing. So we went and checked it out, and it was kind of like my first time ever seeing kind of fusion music, man. Right. You're like, like, what is this? Pretty mind-bending stuff. And This is in like 2005, you said? Yeah, inc- and just incredible playing. Yeah. Incredible fucking playing. And, uh, yeah, I was just seeing what was good with, like, this crowd of people mm-hmm. and found that there was a new Jimmy Chamberlain record, and I checked out the EP, and... That is that is how we how we get to here and 
Um, do, you, do you know the band Kneebody? Kneebody? Yeah. No, K-N-E-B-O-D-Y. but uh, that dude, the, Wendell's from it, right? Yeah, and uh, one brother? of the other guys on this record. Maybe his, or is it just a bandmate? Oh, I don't know. Um, a couple of the guys play in Kneebody. Kneebody's a crazy band, dude. You need to check them out. Nate Wood is their drummer, and he is just like... He's one of the most gnarly drummers that I can think of, and I feel like he's criminally underrated. know if it's possible if nate also played in the calling nate would yeah i might because because like i'm pretty sure sean mentioned him like they're very good friends Word. yeah nate wood is oh yeah yeah he did he yeah did play so that's the how calling. they met so him Wild. nate wood and then billy moeller the bass player for jimmy chamberlain and the producer of the record yeah um so they all played in the calling together and that's how they that's all met so funny dude that band must have been nasty. Buddy, the, but he like, was just telling me about, like, they would just jam because they would get to the venues, like, two hours early, and the three yeah, of them would just jam while the singer yeah. and the other, like, main guy would just go do whatever. Right. Because <laughs> these guys are all heavy, heavy, heavy motherfuckers. I mean, Nate Wood, Kneebody's crazy, and he's also played with Tigron, <clears throat> Homicide. I don't know if you know him. I don't. Um, he's nasty, too. Tigron plays or has played with like Abishai Cohen and just like this super, super, super heavy Armenian jazz pianist. Um, yeah. So that's, um, that's pretty wild to me. I had no idea that that's just, dude, that's just that era though, man. Like you had all these monster players playing in these types of bands because that was what was making money. So you're just like pulling these people from the schools that they're getting out of they have all the chops so they can just jump on the road. Right, right. Like Sean right. was telling me that one rehearsal this was go. his first ever like experience even playing on stage. Was getting yeah, this calling gig. Yeah. And that song was was a, a number 1 in the adult top 40 for 23 weeks. The second yeah, longest uh second longest ever. <laughs> Guess what the longest ever to hold the charts top 4. Was guess what song what for is the it? adult adult top forty? Iris. Same era. No, close though. Um, smooth. <laughs> Santana and Fuck Rob yeah, Thomas. Dude. Get it in, Rob. <laughs> Get it in. Um, But yeah, dude. So I just stumbled upon it through that that connection of people. Funny, man. And it's cool, man. I I don't know. I'm into it because it it feels uh, like I I haven't really heard too many takes on jazz that I guess are like this that kind of incorporate a lot of like post-rock and kind of 90s alternative vibes. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and uh i'm i'm into it and it's like a very short it's like a five song 25 minute jazz record yeah i went for a run while i listened to it it was it was good to uh good to run to yeah it's definitely like it's pretty up tempo which is and gets really like I've, i haven't heard much i guess jazz that has this heavy of a feel in that way and so here 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 is a a point maybe of divergence between you and i is that like when i was listening to this i was expecting i went into it like thinking of whatever the word jazz means to me when i was listening to it and i just like never never got off the ground and then i put my mindset instead of in like okay i'm listening to some jazz thing to okay i'm in a basement watching this band play on the same bill as like heavy petting and uh merso out here in seattle two bands that are now both broken up but great bands um and you you should uh you should see if you can find uh some heavy petting to uh to slash in the will. background definitely because will. um that'll give you some context and that's so those that's an amazing awesome fucking band of uh wonderful people and i've seen them in basements millions of times they're one of my favorite bands live and um and i feel like okay if i was seeing this at some house i would be a lot more into it than when I first went into this thinking it was a jazz record, ah. you know, because like for me, there's a couple things that distinguish it and not to play the, the, um, the genre, you know, fucking gatekeeper role. Uh, my point here is to sort of say like where it sits in my brain. And this first tune integrity is, is a cool way to start. And when I, when I heard this guitar, it comes in around 30 minutes or 30 seconds it really reminded me of bill frizzell um in a really cool way That's that's very cool because uh, when I talked to Sean, he mentioned Bill Frizzell as like a, a huge influence on him. Totally, so that's cool I that you picked it. that up. And I wish that it had had more of this like Frizzell influence throughout the whole record. I think that the first like minute of this record is one of the more interesting parts of the record. Uh, but then it goes straight like this is my critique i guess of, of this record and i think it's i think it's a good record but when i think about like i don't know i need to use a better adjective than good but like when i think about like am i going to come back to this record or did it did i personally selfishly as a drummer like take anything away from this like i, I wasn't really moved 
you know i was like this is a cool addition to like the canon of whatever this is and i would totally love to see this live in a basement or something um but like it was a little bit too on the railroad tracks for me you know like most of the sections are in groups of four and most of the there's there's there it feels to me like there's very little improvisation especially as far as like what the drums are doing like he's got like okay this is this section it's this groove this is this section it's this groove and that makes a lot of sense especially coming back from like I know he's done a lot more than just the pumpkins but like that's where he like really cut his teeth for like you know a decade and it's really like I can really hear the like it is section oriented music not just as a band but also like as a drummer you know four bar phrases or four bar grooves and at the end of every fourth four bar groove he's going to do like this little fill on the hi-hat or he's going to do that little fill there or he's going to escalate it to the bell of the ride and those are all really cool this is a really good record i would i would totally give this record to like one of my students that i'm trying to like have them understand uh song structures and forms and the way to like you know think about things but like it felt a little like robotic to me i think by the end you know um and there's a lot of cool sections though i will say as well like by no means did i not like this record but I was just sort of like, I want, I need, I wanted something again. I think that all, this one also felt sort of like soulless. I didn't hear anybody really reaching, you know, for like that thing. And I think that that ties into the improvisation part that I didn't really hear these cats like reaching improvisationally. It felt like it was all stuff that they had like sort of really honed in. It almost sounded like, too safe you know like I could tell that they were all like feeling good about it I wanted to have some of that like that um that reaching feel but yeah I think that's the main I mean my main my main critique of the record is that I just felt from like a compositional place it was just always staying between three and six you know I want to experience one to ten on the spectrum of like emotion and dynamics and you know playing and not playing leaving space and I, I felt like it was just like staying in the middle a little more than I than I would have wanted but it's, I think I can I, understand yeah. what you're saying from that standpoint you know yeah of it not you know, going the the full one to ten. I get I get what you're saying there. I'm listening to the end of humility right now and I, I like I like this little vibe. I like how this sort of feels like an ode to like sort of some nineties shit too. This is uh humility is my favorite track on the record. So maybe we can slide into this one. Yeah. Cool.
I love when that track goes out on the end, though. Like around the uh, 440 mark. Yeah. Totally. And I and I love Ben Wendell's playing. I think he's killing it. I'm just listening to the drums, and it just feels like I want. It just feels like um. It just feels so like robotic, sort of. You know what I mean? Like I just think it's super technical, and I don't know. It's it's pulled off really well. I think though. Yeah, this is 100 percent, 100 percent my. Um, this is 100% my like taste in drumming. You know yeah, what I mean? I totally like, get that. Like, I think that there's a, a lot of cool moments without maybe having like doing the reaching you're speaking of. Like, yeah, totally. Like I kind of, I've kind of, uh, cause I think that they're all capable of going there. Like, these these this group is obviously like a killer group of musicians so i think like i but don't I know i hear everyone i hear everyone going i i hear everyone going for that in a way that feels like that except for the except for jimmy i don't hear jimmy and i think that that's i again like i said i think it's just like the way that i hear him on this record is like everything is like fours you know and it's almost like he's like you know a big band drummer in that way he's just driving the bus and i think that's really cool and there's moments where he as a drummer like you know steps up to create tension and whatnot yeah i think that uh even when he steps up to create tension it's all so measured still that like it just feels like it's not getting over that hump for me Mm -hmm. you know no i got Um, you i got you and i i don't how do I how do I say it that like it feels like I mean it sort of feels like a group of jazz musicians playing with like a rock a really good technical rock drummer yeah you know what I mean um, for sure and that's that's cool that's all good you know what I mean but I don't hear any sort of like jazz drumming and by that I don't mean spang spang lang spang lang I don't mean that shit you know what I mean like I. I mean, just sort of the the ideas of of really using the the spectrum of dynamics and you know improvisation and creating that shape in a in a conversational manner with the other instruments. You know, it feels sort of like he just has his parts memorized. Yeah, it's like calculated what. Yeah, I yeah, and that's that's how I'd articulate it, and that's totally cool. That shit's way harder for me to like memorize a part and like be calculated like that you know yeah and so be able to like put some feel for that some feel into it doing it that totally. way yeah totally because i think also like the alternative heavy rock shit that happens in this record and his style of drumming i think i appreciate it from the standpoint of loving a lot of bands in that that area mm-hmm. too or just like mm-hmm. having like like really digging some of the tool shit or something like that, you know? Um, and not, not, not necessarily, necessarily all of it, but I don't know. Like I like a lot of those compositions and I know like that stuff is really like done very technically. Right. I feel like in the recordings. And now that I've been seemingly accidentally hating for the last 10 minutes on, this record, I I will say a bunch of things I like about it, 
And like one of them is, I, I think that Service is a really cool tune. Service I is think dope, that dude. That the yeah, the way that that thing is sort of grooving and it, it builds up around the two thirty to uh, three minutes. And the end of that tune was a part that sort of reminded me of like some bands that I've seen in Olympia, again, in like basements and stuff. Like I could like see myself or in Bellingham, like, you know, like in a, at a pretty cool, like house show. I love the bass line. It reminds me of like, there's this cool band from Olympia called Broken Water um, that has some, some bass line vibes like this with that, you know the floor time is going and then you do have this cool sort trumpet solo thing i guess going over the top of it it's like that's the shit that i was like this would be really fucking cool to see live in the right place like i wouldn't i wouldn't want to see this in like i wouldn't want to see this at the royal room you know what i mean like i would want to see this in a basement or at numos or like at a place where it's like big and loud and people can be standing like you know this yeah. is like i want this to be like body music for sure I, that's you know I, I don't want it to be head music i want it to be body music and i think it does a really good job of that this shit would be fun to see live yeah, when I saw it at the Knitting Factory in LA, it was it was dope because it was at like a rock club, you know. How big is that room? Uh, I don't know. It's probably a few three to five hundred. Word. Um, there's a cool American Songwriter article though on this record, and uh, yeah, I read that. Um, yeah, like Jimmy Chamberlain's got this spot that he says we don't talk about genres. Generally, right. anything that is appealing is acceptable and merits further investigation, regardless of where it lives. It makes and I it more dig that. Yeah, it makes it more interesting to create in those those widened parameters and make many more things available. Right. Reading out loud's hard, bro. Uh, <laughs> I was, Shout out to Bill Burr. I was on a yeah. I was on a. I felt like I was on a good roll, and then I got I got too excited I that I was reading I well. Cut. I cut you off. I also I got ahead of myself though, because I was like, yeah. "Yo, you're reading really well right yeah, now." Yeah, you started. You, you broke that wall. And then, uh, uh, 
But uh, he also has this spot uh, about the same way you honor yourself, you have to honor your instrument. And he was talking about like his relationship with the drums being the oldest relationship he has outside of his family, which I thought right. was thought was cool. And he definitely, yeah, it seems like you know his influences was the jazz people, right. you know, growing up. Yeah, and stuff. no, I. Th- but I you think def- that he, you can hear his approach in the music and like the way that he is interacting with the musicians from a compositional place and like I trust all of those like I trust and this is maybe the most important thing about all these records that we always talk about like I trust that this music is coming from a genuine place within him you know yeah. what I mean and that's the thing that I had a hard time at times trusting about that spiritualized record because I felt like it was like thought before yeah, it was felt exactly, you know what I mean? exactly where like even talking to Sean I'm almost like 95% positive that he said like yo we just we just showed up and this is what we did that day. There wasn't any right. pre-production or like, right? you know, there wasn't a lot of conversation even about what was going to happen. It was just right. like, we went in the room and, and this is what we jammed that day. Right. And that's cool, man. I mean, that's like when you're that good of a musician, you just set up a few parameters and then you just go, you know? Um, and that's also maybe informs certain ways in which I wish the record was a little more interesting. If, if it truly was just like a, we're just going to show up and play like I maybe form and taking a couple extra turns, not having everything be just like groups of four, you know, it's like those things that become maybe crutches when you are limited by like improving, you know, because like for sure, you never know what another dude's going to do. So you got to sort of keep it on the railroad tracks. Like I said, ah, yeah, I got you. Like, um, he does have some pretty impressive drum fills to me. Like some of the stuff that he pulls off. Um, and that that's from a non drummer point of view. But if you go to, if you go to grace, put on grace and turn it to three fifteen mark. And at like 3.33, you're going to hear this drum fill that I think is, is pretty monstrous. Like, just is able to pull off so much in such a tight space. Mm-hmm. And it is very like mechanical, but I think I think so in like in a I think so in a an impressive way there. Like it's oh, yeah, mechanical, totally. but it's just like, yo, I can't believe that you can just and it gives like it that shred shape. like that. Yeah, like that's not a bunch of like production and extra production put in there. Right. You know? Like that's totally. just him fucking being a machine. Yeah, totally, totally. So yeah, I don't know. I appreciate like parts like that for sure. Um, I just think this is like a great record to like, I love listening to this record, just having it on at work while I'm totally doing mindless shit, you know, like it's, um, it's, I think it's just like a cool instrumental record to, to have on, you know, I also did. Do you, do you know if they did this live? Um, I, or were they overdubs? 
I think maybe the horns potentially were overdubs, but I'm not, I'm not positive. I don't want to speak too out of school. Like I think just, uh, Sean and Billy, the bass player and Jimmy got together and jammed out. Yeah, dude. Sean's a motherfucker. Uh, Sean is a motherfucker, dude. Thing about Sean that I'm most impressed by is, yeah, his ability to do the heavy tones on one side and then turn around and do the frizzell thing on the other side, you know. And I think you can even hear in that like how much touch and feel goes into like getting that yeah. tone out. It's a cool record. It's a good. It's a good record to go on a on a run to, or play some or play some Rocket League to. Which which song should we play it out with here? Uh, what did we play already? Oh, you played. We played humility. I say play service. All right, we're gonna play service to play it out. Uh, my 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 machine's gonna die. So what records are we doing next time? Um. Well, I gave you three. Yep, and we're gonna do which one? The, which, which three uh, did I give you? God, I love all these records. You gave me the Spike Orange Cloud Nine, and then you gave me this Mickey Eyewitness no, and this Dwight Sykes. Oh, but the Mickey one you said you couldn't find, right? Yeah. All right, so we're not doing that. <laughs> I want to do Dwight Sykes Volume a uh, Sykes Songs Volume One. Okay, cool. That album is the most. That is the reason I started the Bobby Groove Solo Project, which has never Hell come yeah. out. But you remember Hell that yeah. stuff that I showed you. Yeah, which should come out. Stupid that you're not putting that music out. Dwight Sykes is the reason that I started it. Well, I'm stoked to dive into that one then. And then, do you know what I gave you? Yes, you gave me Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere by the one and only Neil Young. Jim James. And Crazy Horse. And Crazy Horse. Jim James, Eternally Even, and Metallica, Master of Puppets. (laughs) Um. I don't know, man. I'm sort of like in between on some of these, honestly. Um, I, so I know I need to go in and do some fucking, uh, some Metallica at some point. Um, this, 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 however, is not the time. I'll keep throwing them out there. Um, So don't worry. I'm interested in Jim James, but I'm too worried that I'm going to be a little bored by it. Um, cause I'm not the biggest my morning jacket fan. Neither am I. You okay. should know that neither am I. And this is one of my favorite records. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. I love Neil Young more than anything in the world. And I don't know this record other than cinnamon girl and down by the river. Yeah. Um, so like I listen to on the beach, like, quite frequently i also listen to harvest quite frequently and then one of the first records i have was from jackpot on the very first tour that i went on with um with um fucking new lungs this motherfucker and his long stories yeah My batteries you're just gonna die i don't care i'm just gonna keep right. talking but well if it does decade. you just keep telling us what the record is okay decade. you have to play us out i bought decade um at jackpot records on the first tour that i went on when i when we played with you in la at that at that place that stole your money um (laughs) and i've ever but i've been a fan ever since of neil young because i didn't really get into it my dad had that harvest record i think actually the first time i heard neil young was on 
old man when it was in fucking Lords of Dogtown that you and Amazing I watched. Jam. You and I Amazing watched together jam. at Grandma Winnie's house back when she was love in Cali. Movie. I love that movie. I love that movie too. Um, so yeah, let's do the Neil Young because that's something you I do. The Neil Young. That's something I know that I can really like. I Dope. like. I, it'll be fun to talk with you about Neil Young, you know, and I agree. watch I some agree. interviews and like keep diving in. I have that book. I, I haven't read it, but I have that Waging Heavy Peace book. But he just has so many stories, you know? Yep. This is a cool record and it's, uh, it's only like a, I don't know. It's, it's not one of the longer ones. Um, and all these songs are great. So Neil Young and Crazy Horse, it's everybody knows this is nowhere, which is, uh, and songs, cool songs, songs volume one is only 30 minutes. There's a seven minute instrumental jam at the end that makes it 37 minutes, but it's the same song as the last song, just instrumental. Um, so this is a 30 minute record. So we can do cool, this. Man. We can actually do this next episode pretty soon. We can do it pretty soon. We are going to, we're going to come back at you maybe, maybe sooner than this one. Maybe returned with, um, yeah, we'll put all the links in the episode notes. All that jazz. Um, yeah, man. I think uh, I think that is it. Wear your mask, folks. Yes. Do all that. And uh, we're going to play it out with this Jimmy Chamberlain. We're going to play uh, Service to send us on out. And that's the Jelly Jams. You dig records, cuz? Uh, I dig records. And... Um, and I love you. All right. I don't. I. I just thought I would tell you that. <laughs> I wanted to tell you that I love you. Thanks, Cuz. Uh, do, do you want to? Do you want to give us records. the wiki wiki ball? Oh yes, let's play some wiki ball. Let's. You here. gotta wrap it up. No, you might, right, you might be doing this on your own. That's fine. Well, we're just gonna play wiki ball, and if the episode ends, it just ends. But you can you can play the music underneath us playing wiki ball. All right. All right. Okay, let's go from my morning jacket. Okay. So type them in, and then we'll go to. Um, let's go to. Uh, uh, let's go to Legolas. From Lord of the Rings. Whoa, dude! I just watched Lord of the Rings for the first time. All three of them. Really? Oh, dude. Yeah. Really? I fucking love it. I'm reading it for the first time. Yeah. I've watched it all a bunch. It's pretty horrendous to have to read all of that. It's a lot. I skip all Legolas the is kind songs. of a piece of shit, man. He's cooler in the books, but... Uh, he's a show-off in the movies. Yeah, that's because he's just fucking sick. Uh, yeah, he's fine. All right, so where... Are you on my morning jacket? I am. Okay, you can't put, pick on any places. All right, ready, go. Here we all go. All right. Um, I'll just keep you updated on certain <laughs> things that might become relevant. Yeah, dude, I don't fucking know. You're just gonna. I don't even know what's happening. You just, I'm all, also. All, all you can I'm do, turning this off. All, no, no, no. All you gotta do is click on links. Just click on links. Don't turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta turn it off, man. All right. I gotta turn it off. Click on links. We're clicking on links here. Click on the links, like the external links. Yeah, you can click on anything that links you to a thing, like Jim James or Elvis Costello. Or yeah, anything. So I, you have to I eventually you, wind up. I feel like I need to go backwards. Like I need to go from go Legolas. No, you can't go back. No. Oh, I can't. No. I have to go my morning jacket. Yes, you start at my morning jacket. Stupid. So now I have to find one of these idiots that loves these movies. Well, or you Somebody have to in this find goddamn you band. Find your way out. Look, I'm gonna. 
I'm gonna go to um I have to find one of the see see what one of these people I'm gonna go to Radio City Music Hall. Alright, now I'm in Radio City yeah. Music Hall. Okay, television. I'm looking at waterfalls. I'm on Saturday Night Live. Boston Globe, Boston Globe. This looks good. This looks promising. Sketch comedy. Television. News. Um, magazine. TV and radio. No, I'll be on newspaper here. I hope you didn't get this shit off, bro. This is this is good content. God damn it. No, it's fine. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hope that you keep me in right now. They can't even hear me talking to you, but they can hear me talking so they know I'm doing a good job. Literature. Now I'm on literature.